Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today, we're going to take a look at the United Nations Department of Global Communications to see how they communicate with, really, the world. My guest is an expert in this topic. Robert Skinner is the Deputy Director at the United Nations Department of Global Communications. Previously, Mr. Skinner headed up the United Nations Office for Partnerships. Prior to that, he headed up the United Nations Information Center in Washington, D.C., and his job right before that was to head up the New York office of the United Nations Foundation. Rob Skinner, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Thank you very much, Bill. It's great to be here, to here with you at uh, Global Connections Television. I mean, we've talked about uh, having a conversation for quite a while now, and it's great to, great to be connected and, and having this conversation now. It it's finally such a time for the world. <laughs> it finally worked out. Thank you. Well, let's, let's jump right into it. Just be basically... Uh, Short overview, what is the Department of Global Communications? What's what's its function? What does it do? Yeah, Bill, as you kind of said at the outset there, you know, our function is to communicate with the world, to communicate with the globe. Um, you know, we report on and cover a lot of what the, the member states, the governments that make up the United Nations, what they do, you know, the decisions that they make in the Security Council or the General Assembly or the Economic and Social Council, all the different aspects of the work that those governments do. They are, of course, make up uh, the membership of the United Nations and are the United Nations. But of course, we also try and communicate and talk about in a compelling way around the issues that matter so so much to us all today. I mean, whether we're talking about issues of peace and security, uh, the Sustainable Development Goals or the SDGs, uh, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later, uh, cli- the climate crisis, of course, I think that's on a lot of folks' minds, as you know, as we're having this conversation today, there are you know record temperatures all over the United States, but also all over Europe um, that we've had the last several days. And you know, the, as the climate crisis starts to connect with all of us, we need to be uh, telling the story of, of what we can do, not just telling about the, talking about the problem, but talking about the solutions and giving people accurate, factual, science-based information that they can take action on. And you know, as we still continue to get through the COVID-19 pandemic, we found lots of compelling ways to talk to people, uh, to get the information out there you know, that was accurate so that they could take action. And that, you know, what remains a confusing time, but was particularly confusing at the outset of the pandemic. And we're thinking about how we can do that in a better way across all these other crises we're dealing with. And accurate information is so critical and it, it's getting harder at times to find it, especially with some of these media outlets and some of the nonsense they put out about COVID and other activities too. Well, you mentioned the sustainable development goals. Why don't we just jump right into them? They were adopted, I think, in 2015 on a 15-year time frame from 2016 to 2030. There were 17 sustainable development goals to eliminate poverty, to empower women, to combat climate change, just a variety of other 
issues. How, do, how does your office help to get the word out? And with whom do you interact to doing that so that we can understand these issues better and hopefully mobilize people and organizations to try to support them and to help achieve them? Uh, thank you, Bill, for raising the, the Sustainable Development Goals or the, or the SDGs. Um, it really, the SDGs are truly a roadmap for progress um, you know, through 2030. As you indicated, uh, they were created by the member states, by the 193 member states of the, of the United Nations General Assembly and adopted in September of 2015. But I should say after much consultation, um, the SDGs are not just about the governments. The SDGs are about all sectors of society coming together to try and achieve progress on just the issues that, that you referenced, whether it's you know, combating poverty, making sure people have enough food and enough to eat, children getting quality education, combating climate change, making sure that uh, there's gender equality. All of those, those issues that we're taking on are within those 17 SDGs that make up a true framework for us all to talk about and communicate together on. Um, and that's really what our job is here at the Department of Global Communication, to try and make what can seem like a very complicated agenda and break it down so people understand what kind of actions they can take to help us achieve those goals. Um, thinking about how all those goals are interconnected. Um, I mean, we're not going to uh, achieve high quality education, you know, if the six and seven year olds that are in classrooms are hungry, which means they have to have enough to eat. So with all these goals, we talk about them, you know, as a 17, but also how they're connected. And a lot of what we do is we work through, um, you know, collaborators, partners, you know, others around the world that can help us tell those stories. We tell those stories from the United Nations, but we also know that if we have, in some cases, um, you know, local community influencers, or in some cases, celebrities, some place, cases, medical experts, if we're talking about health and, and, and COVID-19 and other matters around health, to say, like, help us get this messaging out. So, uh, you know, we work with these other, other institutions and other individuals to help us tell those stories about okay, here's the issue we're taking on, but here's what we can do. Here's what we need to take them on. And, and the SDGs you know, make up such a significant amount of the communication that we do because it really contains all the issues we care about. You know, again, as I referenced earlier, issues of peace and security, that's in, in goal 16. Um, you know, issues of climate change, you know, goal 13. And in many other spaces that, that, we, that we work through, we don't always reference the goal, but we take the issue and try and make it understandable and try and help people understand what they can do. And if our viewers would like more information as to the various programs, they can go to www.un.org to get that information. You were talking, Rob, about the celebrities and personalities, and it's amazing how the UN attracts such high-level people. I know I've when I was doing the tapings at time, times at the UN, I met uh, George Clooney and Michael Douglas and Dr. Jane Goodall. In fact, Dr. Goodall was on the program. Uh, many years ago, about 12 years ago, I guess it's been now. But those people come to the UN to lend their name to be messengers of peace and to promote these ideas. Do you, do you find that is, that is still the case? Are they still very actively involved? Uh, yes, I mean, the, the, some of those that you've referenced, and, and I've, I've seen your program with Jane Goodall, you know, it was uh, incredible, and she's just an, an incredible, incredible person. Um, yeah. Really yeah. committing her life to the cause that she cares about, and which you know we all should care about. Um, but yeah, I mean, we still have significant engagement, you know, with the celebrity community, either through the the Message of Peace program here at the UN Secretariat, where where, where I am, um, or the Goodwill Ambassadors, which link with so many of our colleagues across the system, whether it's UNICEF, 
World Food Program, your Development Program, and, and I shouldn't start listing them because that I have <laughs> you list too many. So many. Um, but we have, but we have great support from whether the world of entertainment, or the world of sport, um, you know, with individuals like that. But we're also looking at okay, those are incredible voices that can, in many cases, have global reach. But we're thinking about you know how can we reach you know down to the community level and work with you know people that are influential in the space that they work in. And, and we did this with during COVID nineteen, which I referenced earlier, with something called the Verified Initiative, where we worked with local community community leaders, whether it's um, you know local entertainers, local sports figures, local leaders from faith based institutions and faith based groups, to to reach out and say okay. I, to combat COVID-19, please get vaccinated and here's what you need to do. Um, wear a mask when you're when you're in the appropriate settings where you need to mask. Take these actions to keep yourself safe and healthy and to keep your family and your communities safe and healthy. And in that case, we really saw that people trust at the community level in a very significant way. And while we will always continue to work with those global voices, we know we need local trusted voices as well to help move communities in the right direction. And one of the groups that seems to be getting more actively involved in dealing with these issues, especially climate change, I won't just focus on that one completely, but, uh, well, we will get into it in just a moment, but young people, the youth, uh, how do you reach out to the youth? Are you doing anything special? I think uh, you mentioned something about uh, a program, football, for the goals or for sustainable development goals. Do you have programs like that to help? explain these problems to the youth and to get them mobilized? No, no absolutely. And, you know, the truth is the, the young people um, are pushing us. They're, you know, they're pushing us in institutions, it, it pushing their governments, uh, pushing, you know, put myself in, the, in an older generation that in many ways uh, has failed as we've tried to, as we've recognized this climate crisis and moved a little bit too slowly. And those young people are demanding not that just that we reach out to them and we give them information, but they want to be part of the solution. You know, they're saying, okay, we, we realize that there's a climate crisis. We realize um, that, that poverty continues to be and remains a problem, you know, particularly coming out of COVID-19, where we've slipped on a lot of this SDGs, to be honest. We, we, we're making good progress, and we've slid back on a lot of these indicators uh, when we talk about the SDGs. So the young people are saying, yeah, don't just give us you know, one seat in a conversation um, at the United Nations, but really bring us in and make us part of, of the effort. And um, you know, we have a youth envoy who has a group of, of uh, expert young people from around the world um, that, that work with that office. Uh, the Secretary General has named a youth climate advisory board, so to speak, where your young people actually have a voice directly into the UN. And so when we're talking about and thinking about communications, We've moved away from sort of uh, some of, you know, from years ago where the UN may, may have seen a, like a top-down institution where we were communicating out and we we're saying we have to engage. We have to engage with young people so that they feel like they have a voice because it's their world uh, right now. And as you mentioned, Bill, football for the goals is one way we're working with a community uh, that has amazing global reach and has the not just the the, the ears of young people, um, but those of the entire world. And it's it's soccer, you know, as we would say in the United States, soccer for the goals rather than football. Um, um, but uh, so what we we've invited the football community, the soccer community from around the world to join us. And in our initial member uh, is the European Soccer Union UEFA, which just is in the middle of its women's Euro uh, event in, in England right now. Um, but we've invited everyone um, from the, the biggest 
football entities uh, in the world, you know, two local community football programs so that we are reaching out people through that. And what we're asking them to do in football for the goals is to advocate for the goals, raise their voices, make people aware of the sustainable development goals, but also implement the goals, make sure that they're fighting racism, make sure that they're being as sustainable as they can um, you know, with the, the way food is served in stadiums, um, that they're driving this through what they're doing at the community level with, with youth organizations so that young people understand what they can do so, um, and, are, and are part of the solution. So uh, we feel like through football, we can reach a lot of people where they are and reach broader audiences and have those communities more engaged. It's absolutely critical to do that. We've got to reach out to them and to involve them. It's often been said that, that the United Nations is only as successful as the member states will let it be. And as you look at the United Nations, it, it seems that that is absolutely the case, that member states really have to carry out the resolutions, have to carry out the goals, have to carry out the mission of a particular program or whatever it might be, or if not, it will not be successful, will it? No, that's correct. I mean, the United Nations really, you know, is the member states, it's the governments. Um, you know, everything that we do, within the UN, particularly within the, the secretariat, you know, where, where you know, my ultimate boss is the secretary general, everything that we do um, is, is directed by the member states. Uh, they adopt resolutions um, in the General Assembly, you know, the, uh, the legally binding resolutions that, that come out of the UN Security Council. Um, you know, and so those resolutions and their decision-making processes direct what, what we do. Or at least, um, you know, we like to make sure that they are aware of what we're doing, particularly in the space of communications, and are supportive of, of what we're doing. Um, you know, I'll, I'll refer to, you know, the, the Verified Initiative, and if people want to see what that is, they can find that at shareverified.com, one word, shareverified.com, um, you know, to see how we went about that process, which we did you know, in close consultation with the member states, because it was a different way of communicating for us where we were uh, working with collaborators and influencers from around around the world, in many cases in, in, the, in their countries, you know, where our member states are. And we needed to make sure that they were engaged and understood what we were doing. And they were very supportive. I mean, we thought it was very much a different way of working for us. Um, and, and because we were doing it in a way that was different, we needed them to be aware and, and, and be supportive, which they were because it was successful. But again, um, you know, all of our guidance is taken from member states. And, you know, and we, of course, hope that in, in many cases that they then, you know, uh, follow their own resolutions as they're the ones dictating what, what they should be doing as well as what we should be doing. That, that would be the approach to take. It certainly would. <laughs> well, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. Also, if you're involved with the PBS or Community Access Television Station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or you have a podcast, or you just have a computer, you like our shows and you would like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided as a public service at no cost to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're talking with Mr. Rob Skinner. Robert Skinner is one of the deputy directors in the United Nations Department of Global Communications. Rob, we were talking about uh, getting youth involved and talking about all these issues. We have so many issues 
to deal with. But the one, in my opinion anyway, and maybe in the opinion of a lot of scientists, is climate change. Is, is there anything special that can be done to help raise the awareness? I know Secretary General Antonio Guterres the other day, he really sort of chided the member states to some degree, saying that we really got to get more serious about combating climate change. And you mentioned the, what's going on with the heat waves in Europe and the fires in France and Spain, uh, the droughts that are going on around the world. The Pole River is drying up, uh, not just one river, but many around the world. Uh, are there any things that we can do or any programs or any approaches we can take to mobilize people and to get them thinking really that we have to deal with this problem quickly or time is running out? No, absolutely, Bill, and I agree. This is, this is a true crisis, and you're also correct in, in indicating that Secretary General Guterres has become a very powerful voice on this. Um, you know, as time has gone by and we're not seeing the actions uh, that need to be taken since the Paris Agreement of 2015. You know, 2015 was was a, was quite a year for agreements. We talked about the SDGs earlier, but we also had the Paris Agreement uh, in, in later that year. Um, at the end of 2015, and we're not on track to meet those goals. We're just not uh, on track to meet the, the goals that were set in that agreement. Um, and what we need is, is, is government action. We need uh, private sector action. We need individual action. And we need people to get behind it. And, and really, because we're at a crisis moment. And, you know, I think the Secretary, Secretary General's comments at an event a, a couple of days ago basically said, we need collective action, but we're going to commit collective suicide. Um, it's that serious. And, and those, that's the kind of language that, you know, we're forced to use now because we're not seeing what we need to. And um, uh, we hoped, I think, that we we're sensing a, a shift, um, you know, from COVID-19 when there were some indications that, you know, we could shift the economy. I mean, it was a crisis that drove us to, to less uh, economic activity, which was not necessarily a good thing. But we recognize that we could take those actions and we need to say, OK, here were the lessons learned. And we can do this. We need to make these significant transitions away from fossil fuels. Um, and that's what that's what we're talking about here. Um, you know, we do have programs within Department of Global Communications, one called Act Now. Um, again, can be found working through the UN.org website that talks about what individuals can do, what 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 kind of actions individuals can take. But what we really need is for individuals to raise their voices in a significant way. Um, you know, to to vote with their uh, on the, around these issues, but also vote with their wallets. Um, you know, because we have to you know push uh, the, the, all sectors um, to to work toward taking their appropriate actions. And so, um, you know, what we need is is those voices uh, of, of the people, so that we push the, the action in the right direction. Because, um, you know, what the Secretary General has also said, it's code red for humanity in the climate crisis is real and it's now, it's not something that's coming in 2050. We're all feeling it now and we have to take those actions. And we better deal with the problem now or we may not be around in 2050. It's looking very bleak right now. You're absolutely right. Well, Rob, you've been involved inside the United Nations, outside the United Nations, but you're, you're an expert on the United Nations without a doubt. Uh, it's interesting to note that the, the UN is so involved in so many different activities. It's fair, I think it's fair to say that the UN touches our lives every day. Now, we may not think about the United Nations agencies helping to move aircraft, ships, mail, yeah. weather information, and in international airspace, 
But when we think about the UN, we think about peacekeeping operations, the UN Security Council, maybe perhaps the UN World Food Program, UNICEF, some of the other major programs to get a little more publicity. But I'm getting what I'm driving at is that the majority of Americans in the polls that I've seen really since 1945 seem to support the goals of the United Nations, but the majority of Americans do not understand the United Nations. Do you find that to be the case? And if it is, what can we do to help people better understand the UN and look at it objectively as a vital resource to help us deal with many of these issues and problems? You know, thank you, Bill. I, I, I think that there, there are several UNs. Um, you know, when I think about it and talk about the UNs, and I think that um, because the UN headquarters is, is here in New York, where, I, where I'm sitting uh, right now at headquarters, um, that's what Americans tend to think of. And, and, and we and Americans tend to think about the, the clashes or where there's a debate in the Security Council where the other member states may not agree with the United States. Um, and, and we think about those issues um, you know, and, you know, I've heard people say it's just, you know, they're just in there talking. But that's what's important about the UN is that the governments come together to try and solve these problems. Um, it provides a, a unified space to make that happen. And there's true diplomacy happening here every day. And, and the personal diplomacy really matters. The, you know, these ambassadors uh, that represent their council, their countries see each other on a day to day basis. Then, of course, every September, the heads of state and heads of government uh, come to New York for the General Assembly and have sit down face to face meetings. And it provides the opportunity for that. Um, and having those those meetings and those conversations really you know, drive toward efforts to find peace uh, where there may not be peace, um, find solutions to these major problems that you're talking about. And the governments need to, to lead and take the direction on that. But the other thing that the U.N. is, um, it is the International Civil Aviation Organization that you're talking about. It's helping make sure that the international travel and air travel can actually take place safely and in a, in a, in a sort of normalized way. Um, but it's also my colleagues who I consider the real heroes of the UN system, you know, those folks that are, are working in refugee camps around the world, those folks that are delivering food where people don't have enough food and are literally on the, on the edge of starvation in the World Food Program, people providing uh, uh, education in emergency situations for children, my colleagues at, uh, at UNICEF. So that's the, the UN that I would like more Americans to understand is the UN is out there literally saving people's lives on a day-to-day -day basis in working within communities, working with NGOs around the world, you know, you know working with faith-based organizations to deliver what is absolutely uh, essential humanitarian assistance uh, and also thinking about the development of countries. So there's so much work out there that's being done by, by UN um, system staff members that I think just think people aren't aware of. Um, in many cases, that's okay, but we want them to understand that, that there is great value in what the UN is doing out there. And your remarks are borne out by what's, well, what's happening in Ukraine right now. A couple of weeks ago, we were, especially when the UN was so, uh, Security Council was deadlocked on what to do as far as how to deal with the Ukrainian crisis. So many of these talking heads on TV and talk radio and what have you were attacking the Security Council and were saying, look how impotent the UN is, why have the United Nations? But there was, I think we'll all agree, there's certainly a deadlock to some degree, even though the Security Council did, I think, put out two resolutions 
that try to offer some type of help to resolving the problem. But people either, these talking heads either didn't understand or chose not to, to realize that you had UN agencies on the ground that were there in, in the line of fire in many cases, like the UN World Food Program, the UN Children's Fund, even the International Atomic Energy Agency was there to try to help deal with the Chernobyl, the potential Chernobyl disaster that could have taken place there. So you're right, the UN does, it's, there are many parts of the UN, and when one part of it maybe doesn't function as well as we would like, there are certainly other parts that are maybe overachievers to a large degree. But Rob, there's so many other issues we could talk about, but let me ask you uh, very briefly, you've, you've seen the UN, you've been involved in it. Uh, what are some of the major changes you've seen take place to make the UN a more effective organization? What I've seen over time, and particularly uh, speaking to the area that I work in now and have worked in for many, many years in, in, in communications, is just the idea that we have to engage the communities that are, are out there that should know about what the UN is doing and should work with the UN. Rather than being you know, sort of this institution that sits on you know, First Avenue in New York City behind a gate that people don't feel like they can access, we've realized that we need to be out there working in the communities and talking about the work we're doing. The work that I was just talking about uh, that my colleagues are doing around the world in the most difficult places in the world. You know, I didn't even reference the peacekeepers that are out there literally um, trying to maintain, maintain peace around the world, uh, recognizing their heroic work. But that it's that engagement. It's, it's helping people understand what we're doing, but also helping the people have a voice. So not just being an institution that talks out and is sort of an ivory tower institution, but one that it is, is engaging the communities, identifying what their needs and concerns are, not um, having somebody here in New York telling them what they need, but actually making it part of what we're doing. And I, and I think that's been a significant change, whether it's in communications or whether it's my colleagues out there around the world doing the work that they're doing. Well, as many of the UN observers have said over the years, the UN is not perfect, but it's absolutely essential. If we didn't have the United Nations today, we'd have to recreate it tomorrow to help us deal with these problems. And that is certainly the case, I believe. But Rob Skinner, I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and a very informative program. Thank you, Bill. It's been a pleasure to be on Global Connections. Thank you. Good to see you again. Yeah. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television.